1: I guess what I really wanted to know what the rule was, was because, I I mean, I want something out here, you know, in in the world wide web, you know, that people can look back on if I go silent, right?
2: Hello, world, and Happy New Year! Thought this Tuesday would actually fall on the first, and I'd get some of the late night crowd, just home from a night of Unsa Unsa music and bottle service, or whatever it is you people do these days. But I miscalculated, so now, hopefully, you have something to listen to while you're out buying champagne or photoshopping fake IDs on this last day of the decade. Personally, I'm relieved. If only because we finally entered the 20s and can dispense with the awkward epithets like the teens and the aughts. This week, I'll be introducing you to Bummer Drummer, in this first installment of two. Bummer reached out on Twitter after the release of episode 17, Permaband Disengagement, with Reggie. "'Hey, I know you get a lot of messages, man,' he wrote. "'But I'm the only incel on the forum, and I think ever, with a hormonal condition.' I also speak my mind and don't care what you ask, even if it's biased, man, I don't care. Just trying to status max so I have something out on the internet before I rope. And I'm not a goddamn fake cell, like the rest of them. Gotta represent the true cells. Also, I'm a felon cell, put into rehab for nine months, he added. Let's talk, I responded. Sure, I'm on all the time, neat gang. NEAT, in case you've forgotten, is the acronym for not-in-employment-or-educational-training. It was rather late at night, so I just gave him my Discord handle, which he already had, had gotten it from a friend. That friend, I gather, is Reggie, who's done an excellent, truly frail-tier job of networking. Thanks, mate. What do you want to chat about, man? He asked over on Discord the following day. Well, I don't usually plan too much in advance. I like it to evolve somewhat organically, and I always have to edit it down anyway. I mean, the thing I'm asking that I'm too scared to ask is if there's any rules or anything, because it's going to be feels, he said. By which he meant a wave of emotions that cannot be adequately explained for the boomers in the audience. No rules, I said. I edit. But if you like, I'll let you approve the edit. I always offer that. Oh, okay, I kind of get it. I know a lot of chat gang is excited if they can ever hear my voice. They pushed me up in the first place for true cell representation I can verify if you want, but I'm deformed. Serious. Totally up to you, I said.
3: Awesome. And then he did. And we set up a time. It's just quiet, but if you are, that's perfect. Yeah, I am now. Okay, cool. So, um, let's, uh, get started. You said that you're an open book. Yeah just start with which communities you've been involved with when you became involved with them how old you are also and maybe when you sort of started thinking about all this stuff
1: okay well i was uh, i'm uh i'm 19 now and um i joined incels.co when i was almost 18 um my birthday was in december and i joined in october um before incels.co, I was uh, really uh, with r9k. K. I never really even was a part of Reddit. I never heard of Reddit. And once 9 K kind of got, you know, trannies and fake cells and girls and stuff like that, I uh, literally went out of my way to find incel discords. I literally looked up incel discords. I found a NASH server, or I guess a um, retarded dumb shit server, um, the incels.co discord server. And, um, I joined that and you had to make an account to get in. So I made an account and that's where it all started on incels.co. Um, that was a year ago, a a little bit over a year ago. Yeah. I joined right before my 18th birthday and, uh, I turned 18, you know, like my, I think second month there.
3: Okay. Um, so your birthday was recently.
1: Yeah. Happy birthday. Um, when I knew, I always knew I was a social outcast just based on how I was living. Um, I'm a high school dropout. Uh, I've always been kind of put down. I've always never really had anything uh, socially to, um, yeah, I've never had a friend group or a clique or anything, even really in, um, online. I never really had any sort of, uh, I guess, comfort. I never had any community. The best thing that you could call a community before I even went on R9K or incels was a raiding group that we would just raid people. And that was our big, you know, that was the only thing that joined us together. So I really never had any support, um, you know, at all. And so, uh, I always knew that I was kind of outcasted and stuff. And I, I didn't, I heard about robots first, you know, and I, by just browsing 4chan and, and I went to RNK. So, uh, really. I wasn't kind of like a YouTuber that was making fun of incels didn't kind of, you know, get me into it. I always knew that I was some kind of outcast and I was always looking for a ring of outcasts just like me. And I found it in incels.co and R9K. Yeah.
3: Group. So are you on incels.co currently?
1: Yes, I was actually like a hour ago, I was banned for low effort, but, yeah, no, I'm I'm still there. I'm still chilling there. You know, that's my uh, only form that I ever use besides Discord um, and, I guess, Steam.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, is your username kind of the same on there?
1: Yeah, all my usernames on the same are on everything.
3: Okay. I used to, um, I mean, I still do go on incels.co, like, pretty pretty frequently, but I used to be on there all the time. I do think your name's kind of familiar, but you weren't one of those super active users. Uh,
1: my activeness went in spurts because I was permabanned for nine months, uh, which was also the same nine months that I went to rehab, You know, so my stuff really has been in spurts. Uh, the first spurt I had was when I first joined, I guess, uh, late October to February, and then the second one was when I came back from rehab. Um, in November, I guess early October is when I got banned permanently. But um, I'm the I'm one of the only incels who's been who's gotten out of a perma ban. So you were in, in rehab for nine months total. Well, actually, I was in jail for a little bit of it, but yeah, that's a pretty long time to be in rehab. It was very long. Yeah. It was, uh, but it was incredibly long. Um, it was Christian based. I got a bunch of shit stories about it. It was pretty terrible. Uh, it was terrible? Oh, no, it was it was awful.
3: Really? Because um, nine months, I would think, it's probably necessary for some people, but um, like usually insurance doesn't cover that much time and stuff, so that's good that you were able to, but it doesn't sound like you got much out of it.
1: I didn't. I mean, you just sat at a wall all day, you know? Or I guess... You were forced to go outside and stuff, but, I mean, really, it was just the same shit over and over and over and over, you know? I mean, we would, uh, the things we'd do for fun would just be, I mean, playing chess or playing a, a game of cards, playing war or, you know, something like that for literally nine nine hours straight and then just going, you know, to bed or something.
3: I mean, but weren't there, like, a lot of groups, like, counseling groups? and No. You
1: know? Nope. Nope. No. Really? And
3: what were they doing for rehab?
1: Basically, just keeping you in, um, I guess, uh, a place um, like their campus, you know. But the the graduation rate is very little. I think they're uh, out of like a hundred students, maybe one has actually graduated officially, you know, and not either been sent back to jail or you know gone to a different facility or something. And the people that do graduate usually immediately turn back to drugs. I mean the it has literally a 0% success chance rate. There's nothing, you know, I mean,
3: that sounds like a more, just kind of like a lockdown
1: than an actual, it's a lockdown. I've been in jail as well. I've been in both. Um, and I can tell you, I mean, really they're both bad, but rehab's worse in a lot of ways. I mean,
3: it sounds like there's less freedom and, uh, ironically, uh, Less to do. You were also there for a lot longer. I'm guessing the jail, the time you were in jail, was because of like drug related stuff. Yeah, yeah. And your drugs of choice are kind of poly substance. Like, is it
1: methamphetamine?
3: Okay. And heroin. Both or one more than the other.
1: Uh, meth more. Wow, and
3: that's still something that you're into. Yeah. Doesn't sound like it to be honest. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's you're very young so um I don't know when you started using. I'm going to guess like 16, 17.
1: Well, or actually 13.
3: With meth at 13 or just with other stuff?
1: Uh edibles at 13, but I used meth at I think uh, my 15th birthday.
3: Wow, okay. So, I mean, you're still really young but it is 4 years. A lot of people after four years of meth would sound a lot more spun out and kind of crazy, so either you have a, like a strong mental resilience or I'm just catching you in an odd good moment.
1: Well, I have been, um, you know, I guess I was, I was, uh, off of it for nine months, but the thing is that, I mean, I am i' I'm, I'm pretty meant i mean i I don't do much you know I just kind of sit around and i'm I'm very uh, especially because of something that happened recently I've been spun out for a really long time uh you know uh, a bunch of stuff you know my with my whole life going nowhere and stuff you know but uh yeah I would say this is a pretty good moment you know I'm, I'm excited to do this I never talk to anybody you know
3: what's your situation with your family what? What's your situation with your family or like your living
1: situation? Um, uh, I'm needing with them. I mean, I never see them, you know, cause usually I'm up at crazy moments of the night and then I sleep all day. I uh, very, I very rarely see them. And uh, when I do, it's usually, uh, someone like my dad or something insulting me. So, I mean, there's really nothing going on there. Uh I would even venture so much as to say people on Co or certain people on Co care about me more than my parents do yeah <laughs>
3: well i hear I hear but that it's just
1: that. i mean it's the way life is right are
3: either of your parents uh addicts or alcoholics?
1: No, no, none of they're not really into drugs at all um although uh I guess you could argue that they're alcoholics, but they're really not you know,
3: yeah, do you have brothers and sisters?
1: Nope, I'm an only child and my parents had me at 40, which can really fuck you up genetically. So how how did it fuck you up genetically? Um, there's... I have, um, genetic ptosis, which is where one of your eyelids constantly droops. Um, I like to think a big reason why I have such a recessed chin is because of, like, you know, is because of, uh, being born so late. Um... You know, stuff like that.
3: Um, Are there other... So, I don't know much about that condition. Um, Are there other sort of complications associated with it?
1: What do you mean? Like,
3: I can't see too good? Or, like... Well, yes. I mean, does it manifest in any way other than kind of physically? uh, Like, um, in terms of how you look, I mean, does it...
1: Oh, uh, I can't, yeah, no, like I said, I can't see, it kind of hinders vision, you know, but eventually you can get used to it, uh, I mean, it's not full blindness, so I'm happy that it's not complete, you know, like, oh shit, no fucking, you know, I can't see anything out of my right eye, I just, you know, and I just, I can't see too well out of it.
3: yeah. Um, I mean, is there any kind of pain involved or anything like that?
1: No. Um, at least not for me. I know there is some, but I mean, for like some people who have it, it can hurt, like, you know, but it it doesn't hurt for me. And did the symptoms, I mean, mean, obviously
3: it's congenital, so you were born with it. Like, so would you say that they were, I mean, like that from from the time you were born and it's never been? Yeah. Yeah. It seems to me that it would be... Pretty obvious that that would make things difficult. Did your parents? How did they deal with it? Like, did they have much compassion for it earlier? No, on? no,
1: not really. Um, the way I mean, it's the same thing with the hor- with my hormone conditions. Um, it's really, I mean, they kind of bypassed because they're old. They were kind of in denial. old old boomer traditional values you know they just kind of bypass it they don't really pay much attention to it um which i guess you can kind of say was i mean you know i look at it like it's bad but some people you know sometimes it's good to lie and try to you know keep people going despite having stuff uh wrong with their face you know
3: yeah i don't think it's good (laughs) i i think Maybe um, later on when people are older, maybe even teenagers.
0: If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
4: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join US Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
3: Maybe it's good to try to encourage them not to dwell on it or, you know, to try to allow them to feel like they can do whatever and be whatever. But I think that certainly when really too young to understand much about it, then it's probably important to have parents who are like the only figures in your life at first. Make sure that you understand and that you're okay with it because it sounds like it would be difficult for somebody to adjust to that, to understand that as a kid. How did you understand that when you were a child?
1: Um, I tried to not pay any attention to it. Uh, it really got bad. Like, I guess when I first started getting into school, you know, because uh, my parents would kind of sheltered me, but you know, school, you know, they're not there. I'd get bullied all the time for it. And you know, it's, it's life, you know, but, uh, I would get bullied constantly for a lot of stuff, but you know, I thought of myself as a complete a freak and outcast. I always, I, again, I always knew I, I'm not. I wasn't, you know, like everyone else. I always knew that there was a, a problem. You know,
3: what's what's the hormonal problem you talked about?
1: I have a uh, congenital hormone deficiency, which is the same thing that um,
3: causes deafnesses. No, it's
1: know. but it's the same thing that of um, Andy Malinakis has and what it does is it limits a bunch of stuff including um your growth um your something with your voice you know it, it can um severely like fuck up your voice uh stuff little stuff like your di- you know your dick size can go fucking your dicks can shrink stuff like that uh it's really hard to gain muscle and your body can very easily start producing fat
3: Mm, Um, If you've
1: seen Andy Milanakis, I mean, that's really the only, uh, I mean, he, he got out of it by, I guess, jester maxing, you know, and I, I'm, I kind of jester maxed with it at first, you know, but not good.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of stuff. Um, and you said you've never had support or friends or anything in school. So
1: No, no, I've never had, um, any sort of, uh, you know, some people like, Oh, I've never had friends with them. I've never had friends in school, never had friends outside of school. I've never had friends before school. I've never had friends in high school, middle school. I've never, after I dropped out of high school, um, I've never had really any emotional support. You know, I always dealt with everything myself, uh, to put it, the best way I can, you know, um, it got to the point where, I mean, you know, I, I would even venture so far as if I had a friend sometime growing up, I would not be in this position. I wouldn't be on incel forms. You know, I, uh, if I just had one person to provide at least any emotional support to help with like maybe my self esteem or something, you know, but I never had. You probably
3: maybe wouldn't be using either because that often does fill that void.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be at all. I mean, if they told me to quit, I'd quit, you know, and I I still feel that way. Um, although, I mean, I, I I would still feel that way with like a girlfriend or something, you know, because I feel like that would also fill the void. Absolutely.
3: And it's not like a, a deficiency. It's, it's a need that everybody has. So I wonder, because sometimes when people start using uh, drugs or whatever, you at least kind of make drug buddies. I mean, do you ha- even have anything like
1: that? Uh, That's if you're trying to buy from a person. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, it, it, it I, 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 I mean, there's, you know, again, when you buy from people, right, usually you can get in tune. I bought all of mine online. Um, really? Especially especially once I got into serious ones. Um, no, I guess, quote-unquote, school plug would have it. No, I mean, you know, I, I very highly doubt anyone at school is really selling meth. Maybe the worst thing they're selling is ecstasy. Yeah. You know, there's There's really nothing there. So I never really had any buddies to do drugs with. I mean... Yeah, that's another thing about this
3: time that we're living in now which i feel like at least uh it used to be that you had to when it came to, to drugs even at least like people had to kind of be shown the ropes of it a little bit and it involved some social components and if people would get into it they would normally find a group of kind of misfits or whatever that they could at least kind of hang out with but with the internet that's it's not that easy to buy enough online.
1: You really have to scar for it. It was uh, inc- I mean, it was, I still can't believe that I achieved that because usually I'm just so unmotivated. I can't I mean, I can't do anything, but you know, I guess it really showed I was in a desperate spot. You know, I, I, I didn't I guess I still am in a desperate spot, but man
3: I wonder, like you know, I don't know where you live exactly. Obviously, you don't have to tell me exactly. You don't have to tell me at all. Can't really place your accent. You don't have much of one, um, but I know that there's just like a handful of the guys from Co that
1: have ever met in person, and um, uh, the place I live. Well, first of all, it's very. I mean, it's very. Uh, it's in the U.S., right? Uh, it's very, I guess. Uh, uh I guess because I'm, I'll say, it's Southern U.S. You know, yeah, on the border. I could, I could hear a little bit of that, but I not- on the border, so you know, drugs are always a, a big problem. But uh, where I live, um, it's, I mean, there's no incels nearby. I think the closest one uh, lives in the next city, like three hours away, and um. I don't have a drive I don't have a car or a driver's license so I mean trying to get there would be insane and he's a gray cell who's never on so I mean I'm really kind of but you know
3: would he be I mean do does anyone talk about like meeting in person or or if they'd be open to that like even if he is a gray cell who's never on
1: very rarely uh he's never talked about it you know I I mean I don't talk to him at all um if you're in a very, uh, I guess, high in self-population populi- uh, yeah. area, like the UK, the Balkans is really good. Turkey can be really good.
3: I know in the um, UK they've
1: met up a few times. Yeah, there's a bunch of UK cells for some reason. Yeah. There's a bunch of Turks. I know. The Turks and the Nash Balkans is cells. They- no, uh, Ash has never met up with anybody. Yeah. yeah. just kind of sits in his room. But, I mean, there's other, like, Balkan cells that meet up and stuff, but those are the only two in cell meetups that I really know of.
3: None in the U.S.
1: Uh, in the U.S., I have no idea. I know there's some in Virginia. I know they've met sometime, and like they, I know pe- some people have met in Virginia. Oh, that's where um, I am. <laughs> yeah, uh, some have met up in Texas for like conventions and stuff. You know, oh, okay. to, like a, a convention, and then they meet up, but. I've never really, I mean, I'm not too versed. I, knew, I just, I mean, I personally think in so meetups are very rare. Yeah, they are. I don't I know that think there's much. They're
3: pretty rare, but I mean, it sounds like I've come to determine the forums provides support for people. And I think that it's good that it does. Online support can be really good for certain types of personalities. Some people are very, very introverted not just because they've had bad experiences or whatever. They're just kind of wired that way. And so they almost even prefer it. But for other people, and probably for most people, it doesn't replace having some kind of in-person interaction. So I would think that that would be something that would be worth maybe doing a little bit more. You're neat, I guess, right? And you've had all kinds yeah. of... Yeah. Do you see that changing
1: no, uh, I have no career options available with, uh, obviously being a felon and well, also dropping out of high school. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm pretty low IQ, you know?
3: I don't think you sound low IQ. Um, and I think obviously felony would be an issue, but you were under 18, right? You were close to it when it happened.
1: No. When it happened, I was over 18 by... Still, though, people are, I think people are beginning to understand more
3: now that the things that people do when they're 18 are not to be judged in the same way because our frontal cortex isn't developed yet and stuff completely, and also with drug-related felonies, people are beginning to kind of step back on that and understand that it's an illness and not be... I mean, I think that if you tried to get a job at, like, a corporation or something that just ran your background and was faceless, then, yeah, that would probably be pretty difficult. But I do think there are probably more options for you if you wanted to pursue that. You could also get your GED or, you know, something like that.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking about getting a GED and stuff you know, um, I've, I mean, that is a possibility. It'd, it'd be incredibly difficult, you know, having, cause I'm not, I don't think I'm smart enough for a GED, you know. I think you probably are. I might go to like a credit recovery thing soon. That'll help me get some stuff back and like help me kind of, uh, relearn something. You yeah. Know? And, um, uh, I mean, but really in the, I don't think I'm going to be able to get a career for a f- five-minute man.
3: I mean, I, I don't know. I I think I, I really don't think that you sound low IQ when t- just talking to you, and especially knowing that you have drug problems. And, you know, wildly stupid people get their GED all the time. Yeah. It just might be something to... Occupy some of your time and would probably help with your being independent. It would probably help with your self-esteem to do that. It would probably, yeah, just to give you some options to like save up a little bit of money, even if it's not a lot, just to like take an Uber somewhere once in a while. If you don't, you know, have a way to get around, otherwise it would just be something positive.
2: Incel will continue after a short break from our sponsors. If you're enjoying this episode of Incel, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a 5-star rating and review. This is one of the best ways to help spread the word, so that others can discover it as well. Hello, world. I finally did it. I set up a Patreon. It's just my name, www.patreon.com slash namakates, and there, newly incentivized and free from the evil eye of leering detractors, I'll be releasing episodes early and ad-free, along with bi-weekly bonus episodes, weekly blog posts, articles, and polls so that I can hear from you. So if you support the show, please consider subscribing at any tier. Can't wait to develop some community outside of Twitter. Patreon.com slash N-A-A-M-A-K-A-T-E-S. Check it out.
5: Eighteen plus. So,
3: you said that you wanted to know if there are any rules to this conversation, and that you are an open book and you're going to tell it like it is, and you might say some things that are kind of provocative or or edgy. And so, I'm wondering if you have anything in mind, and you know, go go ahead.
1: What, what you'd like to talk about? Well. I mean, you know, uh, I'm I'm usually known as a pretty based, um, true cell on the form. You know, people people call me uh, pretty based in um, my uh, in my ideological way of thinking. Um, before, I guess what I really wanted to know what the rule was was because I I mean, you know, when I contacted the place, I was. The only reason I did was because I want something out here you know in, in, the, in the world wide web that I can you know that people can look back on if I uh you know if I go silent right because I'm I mean I'm always close to uh you know I guess uh, roping you know I'm always on uh, at least one person on Ducko's, you know. Watch suicide, watch, you know, man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always, uh, I've been, especially now, pretty recently, um, I guess coming out of rehab and stuff, I've been really reflecting on my life and, uh, how just, uh, uh terrible it was, you know, and how, how shit it's been, and I've just been thinking, you know, constantly, and, and, and my only two copes, which are uh, video games and drugs, you know, video games are getting boring, so I'm just, I mean, I'm just sitting around thinking all day, you know, and I've been having a bunch of uh, mental breaks and stuff like that, you know, I've just been uh, very, I've uh, been losing it, you know, man,
3: I you. So, I, I just uh, you
1: know, it's always, I'm always on. Somebody's, I guess, you know, list or watch or something. Um, ideologically, I'm pretty uh, edgy and out there. I think that, um, yeah, uh, I'll say that, uh, women, uh, have been, uh, I mean, I've been treated, I'm actually, uh, I've been treated by shit by literally everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I completely and fully advocate for the, um, genocide of all attractive people that are dudes because of just how they treated me and how they treated a bunch of other people on the site, the way that, um, they complete, I mean, they, they, I've, I've been walked all over. Um, I believe in a complete, um, beta uprising. Um, although it's never going to happen. Um, I'm an advocate for it and I would gladly fight and die for it. Um, if that ever came to uh tuition, which it won't because uh just the sheer amount of um there's not many in cells that are self proclaimed. So, you know, I don't think a beta uprising is gonna happen anytime soon, but I would go I mean, that's really the best thing that I can do, you know, because it's I mean, dying on uh you know, in the beta uprising is better than dying just in in your fucking room meeting, you know. So I do have a lot of ideological, I think, ex- extremism. I'm a pretty big, um, political extremist, you know, ideologue, whatever you would call it. Um, so that's why I was really wondering if there were any rules, you know, cause I might at any moment go on a tangent about how, uh, we should, you know, execute the normies.
3: Um, and why, why do you think that?
1: just because of the way that I've been treated, um, by normies and how society treats me, it's, I mean, it's incredibly difficult not to hate the people that, um, you know, uh, hurt you for 19 years, you know, it's, it's really difficult for, um, I guess, to be compassionate to people, you know, especially normies, when they just, I mean, they just treat you like shit. You know?
3: Yeah. Um, it sounds like you are, you, you feel this way, and that, you know, if, if it were to happen, but you think that it, it won't, then you would be willing to take up arms and fight for it, because you've been mistreated by everyone. But it doesn't, so, absolutely, yeah, but it doesn't sound like you're making any plans to do anything like that, no, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, no, it seems kind of more like sort of something that you take comfort in thinking about if it happens, but you're not mobilizing to do it.
1: No, I've never really thought about doing it. I don't have the weapons or the means to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, that, that's usually just
3: part of like threat assessment. So, with regards to like your, your edgier views, um, I'm just gonna say this and it's, it's, it might sound blue pilled, but, um, I wonder if you've ever considered, I know that you went to this, I guess it was a faith based rehab, but it didn't really, there was no counseling, there wasn't anything. So I wouldn't really say that it counts as treatment but if you've ever thought about something like that or aa or na meetings even if you don't want to stop using and it's free and it's something that would probably be available very close by so you wouldn't need to go a long way to get there or anything
1: the the basis that you're trying to say is why don't you go get counseling why don't you go to aa right uh i can't handle counseling i i mean or or, or a therapist really um, i can't You know, be in a room with other people too good because of um, a few, I guess, social problems that I have. I'm not going to try to self identify as like autistic or something, but, um, I don't think you sound
3: autistic. I I hear, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: not going to, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, I'm not, but, um, would you be like a social
3: anxiety kind of thing?
1: Like, yeah, 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 um, Um, I'm just a bit, you know, because I'm always, I'm always, um, I guess not, you know, I'm always not sober, you know, I'm always...
3: Yeah, but I mean, you know, to be fair, people in NA and AA uh, meetings are not very judgmental about that. And a counselor or a therapist would be equipped to deal with social anxiety and with substance abuse problems, too. That's what they specialize in. I know you went to this faith-based program... Right. There was
1: there was there was like a one once a week group therapy between some women. I didn't find literally anything out of it. Yeah. Um. I I I couldn't. I you know I couldn't just stop. Uh, there was nothing there. It just it seemed like all the normies were hogging it. You know. It it it. I really I I don't even think I said a word in it. I think I said maybe a maximum of five words in the whole fucking nine months sessions. You know, there was, I mean, there was nothing there. You know, it, it was, it was always talking about one person. It was never, it was never about the group. It was always one person, one person had this problem, so that one person would take up the whole time and then spend more time with whatever therapist after. You know, that's what it, at least that's what it seemed like to me.
3: That's really not the way that's supposed to work. And just from what you've said, it sounds like the program was really badly run. The fact that there was only once a week group therapy in a rehab is already a red flag. And it just sounds like they didn't know what they were doing, honestly. So maybe it's not a great example of what that could be like. I understand why you'd have some hesitance to try it again, given that experience. But keep in mind that most probably aren't anywhere near that
1: bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I can talk about my problems in front of people, even if I know that they're not judging me. I always think they are, you know, I always think everyone's silently judging me, which is really, well, know, there's also I, paranoia
3: I induced from the meth, too. I mean, that does contribute to that.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can really voice my opinions online, but when it comes to, uh, when it comes to in real life, it's not very good. I can't, you know, cause I always feel like I'm being constantly silently judged you know and i feel like everyone's always against me including the therapist you know well that's been your experience but you
3: don't you don't feel that way with other incels though
1: no i feel like other incels get me more than a one-on-one therapist could i feel like i could talk to another incel about literally anything whereas if i talk to a therapist about something they would call the cops or leave me a threat warning or maybe um you know or maybe think of me differently, you know, yeah. but I don't think incels judge because they've been there.
3: Yeah. I think a, a good one probably wouldn't think of you differently or judge. Some of them might feel like they have to contact authorities if they thought you were threatening to hurt themselves or your, yourself or someone else. And I think that therapists in just that whole field needs to learn. And there are many that I've talked to that are, are actually trying to do this and are open to doing this needs to start understanding what incels are, what some of the things they face are, and realizing that suicidal ideation and even some of these other thoughts are pretty typical with incels because of how badly they've been treated. Sometimes really, sometimes for very little reason. Sometimes it's ima- imagined or it's all a mental cell. In some cases, it's sort of the true cell, and I think most therapists should be able to understand that, but I know, I know how you feel, too. Um, I actually, I really do want to keep this conversation going because I think it's really important and really interesting, but I have a call to make in about 15 minutes. So, um, if we can wrap up for now, just let me know what else you'd like to say, um, you know, in the time that we have left. And then I I would really like to pick up again well, whenever you can.
1: I wouldn't expect this to get anywhere past 10 minutes, man. I, I don't think anyone would talk to me ever, you know, but, uh. Again, you know, all this would change if people were just more compassionate towards each other, you know? Absolutely. That's absolutely true. That's that's about it.
3: Well, I don't think you're low IQ, and I don't think you're someone that would have any difficulties doing things or getting along with people if you didn't have these really negative experiences growing up. I can't imagine how hard that must have been. I think this is it, it's important because I think that you sound reasonable. I think that, that you're easy to talk to and you don't sound like you're off your face or anything like that. Hi.
1: Well, I mean, I've been moving my hand up and down for like the past fucking entire time we've been doing this. I mean, you know, I've been scratching and stuff, so I'm really trying to hold my, uh, I guess, voice and stuff. But, like, on the side, I've been, like, shaking my hands and stuff or, like, patting the bed or something like that. Well, so I, I mean,
3: you've done a, a good job of it. None of that really comes across. The only thing I hear in your voice is, a little depression. Yeah. I hope it's not been too unpleasant, and I hope that you are willing to uh, pick up again because, like I said, I think this is a really important conversation and I would kind of like to finish it and air it as soon as possible. Obviously, there's the holidays and stuff, so, you know, we'll definitely keep in touch over Discord and let me know when you can do it again. I'd kind of
1: like to do it soon. If possible. I'm always here. I'm spending this Christmas alone, man. Really? You know, I, as soon as you can. Okay, cool.
3: Uh, yeah. Um, alright then maybe even tomorrow then
1: yeah sure
3: alright well uh, take care and uh, I'll talk to you very soon Um, thanks again for talking to me Okay. okay and there it was
2: an incel who supports the violence the beta uprising and is willing to come on the podcast and say so does he sound like a monster to you We did continue that conversation, a couple days later, after Christmas, and you'll hear about it next week, on what I guess I'll be calling the premiere of Incel Season 2. Never thought I'd make this the kind of show that would end the season on a cliffhanger. But we learn something new about ourselves every day here on what Frothy Solutions dub Intellectual Radio. Do me a favor, though. Forget all about it for tonight. Have some champagne, out or in, not alone, but with your loved ones, whether or not they're physically present. Pick your platform of choice and reach out to the people that matter. We need each other. 2020 is going to be a shit show. Old Lang Syne, boyos. Incel is produced and created by Nama Cates for Callspace Media. Music is written and produced by Cyrus Valchor, along with the dating game theme song by Herb Alpert on episode 15, and Old Lang Syne by the Dropkick Murphys on episode 18. Additional voices read by Old Man Saxon in episodes 1, 3, and 9, and Brittany Ballard in episode 1. Thanks to everyone who's appeared on the show. Frothy, Sarge, Braille, Master, Kay, Jesse Morton, Ken Weedy, Dr. Scott and Dr. Shiloh, Jack Peterson, Ken Jolivet, Sumaya Shaikh, James Gordon, Tim and Lance, Pinky, Reggie, Bummer, and even Cassie If you or someone you know is struggling with feelings of hopelessness, please reach out to one of the links provided in the show description.
0: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
5: ChambaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. ETW approved. Void were prohibited by law. C terms and conditions 18 plus.